Well, good morning, everyone. Welcome to the jar. Uh, this is uh, spring break for some people. And uh, for all those people that go to spring break, don't pray for them this week, okay? Just, just don't pray for them. Um, hey, we're so glad you're here today. And uh, we feel blessed that you're here. And if you would, um, my name's Chris, and I would really appreciate it if you'd fill out this card. It looks like this. And uh, this is our Connect card. You can just fill it out. And um, at the end of the celebration, we'll collect these back. And so if you could fill that out, uh, that would be great. Um, Next week is Easter, and we're looking forward to a great celebration. And in the midst of that, one of the things that we want to be able to do is help us, since we know there'll be a big crowd. Uh, One way is to add to the crowd. And the way you add to that crowd is you invite someone. So if you uh, see this little uh, card in your program, just pull it out and uh, invite somebody. This isn't for you. We're assuming you're going to be here. But uh, next week we want you to invite someone, friends, um, family, coworkers, neighbors, whatever. But statistics tell us that 60% of all people would come on Easter if they were just invited. So Don't uh, be afraid this week. Uh, Just go ahead and invite. Um, If you'd rather do that through our Facebook page, uh, you can do that as well. Just go on our Facebook page and you can share uh, on the bottom uh, there a way to share it on your page. And I don't know how all that works, but you do if you're technologically gifted and you can do that. One real easy way to do right now, and I'm going to give you 30 seconds to do this, is text somebody right now and invite them next week, okay? So you got 30 seconds, text one person real quick. Some of you will be on your phone later anyway, so just go ahead, text them real quick. One person, invite them to Easter next week, all right? Uh, So go ahead, do that. Um, Also, next week, um, if you invite somebody and they're an early bird and they're like, oh, we got a lot of plans, but we need to come to the 9 o'clock, Come to the 9 o'clock, because that will help us to have space for this celebration. So you can come and uh, be a part of that, and uh, that would help us out as well. Uh, Just a couple more things. Uh, We are going to set up on Saturday, uh, March 31st at 6 o'clock. So if you can come and you can help for any period of time, that would really, really help us. So uh, if you can come at 6, we'll be setting uh, things up, and that will get us connected that way. And uh, if you can come a little bit earlier, if you can't come on Saturday, but you could come earlier on Sunday, uh, just come and greet people. Be in the parking lot. Let people know, hey, we're glad you're here. Uh, Be able to connect them. If you invite somebody and they actually show, don't just meet them here. Tell them, hey, I'll meet you out there because it'll be crazy in here. Meet them at the front right outside the lobby, and uh, you can walk in and uh, be connected with them. Last thing, uh, we know parking is going to be an issue especially if uh, some of this stuff is still there next week that's at Cannon Commons. I don't know if it will be or not. But if it is, we do have some parking that we've been given. Both at uh, the attorney's office has been very great, uh, uh, helpful for us at the Fervoran or also at the Muncie Music Center or behind. uh, If you can park there uh, and walk just a little bit closer, that would be great. All right. Well, we are in a series that is called Get Out. And over the past few weeks, what we've been doing is 
talking about how we can overcome temptation. Because the reality is, all of us are going to be tempted, and there are maybe one or two temptations in our life that plague us uh, big time. And so we've been looking at a passage of Scripture that was written by a guy by the name of Paul, who wrote close to half of the New Testament, and this is what he wrote. It'll come up on the side screens. He said this, No temptation has overtaken you except what is common to us all. In other words, folks, we're all tempted. Every single person here is going to be tempted. To be human is to be tempted. But then he goes on to say, and God is what? What's the next word? What is he? What is he? Yeah, exactly. He is faithful. And our God will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, what will he do? What will he do? He will provide a way out. He'll provide you a way to get out of whatever that is so that you can endure it. Now, if you weren't here last week, if this is the first time you've ever been here, I'm going to give you last week's message in two sentences. Now, for those of you who were here, you're like, why did I come last week? You know, I could have just had two sentences. All right. So here it is. Here's the two sentences. This is what we came down to. Um, Whatever you feed grows, and whatever you starve dies. Whatever you feed in your life will grow, and whatever you starve actually dies. Now, last week, what we focused on mainly was the second part of this. We talked about how you can starve your flesh... So that the things that you're tempted by, you could actually kill them off. They could die. They wouldn't have to consume your life anymore. But this week, what I really want to focus on is this first part. Whatever you feed grows. And what I want to talk about specifically is feeding your spirit. That if you feed your spirit, then you're able to grow. For example, if you feed your body, what happens? You grow. Now, you might grow this way. You know what I mean? You might grow that way, but you're going to grow. But if you feed your spirit, then what will your spirit do? It'll grow. And what I'm going to do is this morning, I'm going to give you three things to choose to feed your spirit. Now Now, the thing is, you can only choose one. So for those of you that are overachievers or perfectionists, and you're like, yeah, but I'd like to pick two. No, 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 you can't pick two. Can't pick two, can't pick three. You can only pick one, okay? And this is what I'm going to do. At the end of our time together, I'm going to ask you, which of these three things do you need to focus on the most so that you can feed your spirit? Okay? So... Uh, Be thinking about this as we go through it. So here's our big question for the morning. How do we feed our spirit to be spiritually strong? How do we feed our spirit to be spiritually strong? Here's your first fill in the blank. So in your program or uh, on our JAR app, if you go to the App Store, JAR Community Church, you can pull it down there as well. Here is the first thing. You feed your spirit with prayer. 
How do you feed your spirit to be spiritually strong? Well, one thing you could do is you could feed your spirit with prayer. If you want to be spiritually strong, you feed your spirit with prayer. Why? Because just like when you exercise your body and you exercise it well, your body gets stronger. When you exercise prayer in your life regularly, consistently, your spirit gets stronger. Exercise strengthens the body. Prayer strengthens your spirit. In fact, Jesus said these words in Matthew chapter 26, starting in verse 1. It'll come up on the side screen. He says, watch and, what's the next word? What is it? What is it? Pray, exactly. So watch and what? Pray. Watch and pray so that you will what? What's it say? You will not what? Fall into temptation. If you are not consistently, regularly praying, what's going to happen is you're going to fall. You're going to trip into temptation. If you want to keep temptation away, you pray. I thought of that this morning. Wasn't that good? You know, kind of rhyming. If you want to keep temptation away, what do you do? You pray. And this is the thing. The Spirit is willing Your spirit wants to do this. You're like, oh, I want to pray. Statistics tell us that over 90% of Americans pray every single day. The spirit is willing to do this and be more committed, but the flesh is weak. So Jesus said this, watch and pray. Watch and pray. Watch and pray. Watch and pray. Now let me give you some context of when Jesus says this. He's in the Garden of Gethsemane, which was a garden on the outskirts of Jerusalem. They have just had a meal together, the disciples and Jesus, and they've eaten this meal, and they go to the garden. And when they get there, he has them, he has them close to him, and he says, Guys, this is what I want you to know. You need to watch and pray. Now, why does Jesus say this? Because Jesus knows what's getting ready to happen. They don't. He knows that in just a few short hours, he is going to be arrested. He's going to be taken to trial. He is eventually going to be given the death penalty sentence. And he will be crucified. And before he's crucified, they actually did this. They took a whip out. And at the end of the whip were pieces of rock or still. And it was a type of whipping called flogging, and they would flog him. And that phrase that says, um, you know, that the skin is what? What do we say? That the skin is torn, that the skin is taken off, that that's exactly what happens in flogging. You're skinned alive. That's what would happen. You would actually be skinned alive to death. And this is what they found out. Roman records tell us that 39 lashes a human being could take. But if you did 40, a human being would die. And Jesus took 39 for you and I. And on that Thursday night, Jesus knew all of this was coming. 
And even worse, he was going to be separated from his father for the first time in the beginning of eons upon eons upon eons. Whenever the beginning was, that's where he was. And this is the first time that he and the father are going to be separated. And so Jesus turns to them and he says, if you're weak, pray. And what do you think Jesus did? He left the disciples. And he goes to another part of the garden. Because he's weak. He's 100% human. He's 100% man. But in this, he is or 100% God. He's 100% God, 100% man. But in this moment, he's in his humanity. And he realizes that he's weak. He has human weakness. And so he prays. And what's he pray? He says, Father... If there's any other way, could this cup be taken, removed from me? Now, what's he saying? What's this cup saying? Well, this cup was a cup of suffering. That's why when you went to take communion today, we did it in a cup that would have a color of red because of the blood of Christ. He took a cup of suffering. He took on all the flogging, all the beating was shed of his blood for you and I. And he says, if there's any other way, Father, think about that. If you're 100% human, you know, and this is getting ready to happen, you're probably going to say, if there's any other way, Father, that we could do this differently, I would rather have that choice. And then he said the greatest prayer of submission that the world has ever known when he said, but not my will, God. Your will be done. Folks, when I'm not submitted to God, I'm much more vulnerable to temptation. But when I'm submitted to God, my spirit nature is stronger and I can withstand the temptations that come to my flesh. You know, during this series, I've really been challenged personally about how much do I submit to God in my prayer time. And I think I shared a couple of weeks ago, I always begin the day with a two-minute kind of prayer of submitting to God. But in my quiet time, I've really been convicted to submit to God more and the way I've been doing this over this series is I submit my whole body to God, and this is how I do it. I go, God, today I submit my whole body to you, and then I stop, start at the top of my body. I say I submit my mind to you, because God, today I want to have the mind of Christ. I want to think on things that are pure and admirable and excellent. And then I go down to the next part of my body, my ears, and I go, God, today I don't want to listen to the lies of the evil one, or of anyone else. I want to only listen to who you say that I am. And then I go to my eyes. God, everything that I see today, I want to be able to be pure. I want them to be sights that are pleasing to you. And then I go down to my mouth. God, today I submit my mouth to you. Because today, God, I only want to say things that are going to build people up. And God, if I'm getting ready to say something stupid, would you just kind of get rid of my mouth? Because I say a lot of stupid stuff. 
And then all of a sudden I move down and I say to myself, God, today I want to submit my heart to you. Scripture says that the heart is the wellspring of life. Everything comes out of your heart. So God, today I submit it to you. I want it to be pleasing unto you. And then I finally move down to my hands and I say, God, today I want to submit my hands to you. Everything that I do today, I want to use my hands to work on your behalf. I want to serve other people in your way to build your kingdom your way. And then finally I submit my feet to God. God, wherever I walk today, I only want to walk where you want me to walk. And if there are places you don't want me to walk, God, I don't want to do that. So I submit my feet to you. God, I submit my whole body to you. Use it as you see fit. Folks, I want to be strengthened in prayer. Because prayer is a great weapon against temptation. You know, it's very interesting. One day, uh, the disciples came up to Jesus. They're like, hey, Jesus, teach us how to pray. And if you remember, if you've ever read the Lord's Prayer before, Jesus teaches them the Lord's Prayer, His prayer. But a piece of that, He says this, And lead us not into what? Temptation, but deliver us, set us free from the evil one. God, I know it's going to be easy. Why do you think he said, and lead us not into temptation? You know why? Because he knew you would be led into temptation. People don't say things unless there's a warning shot that's out there. I know you're going to be tempted. So rather than having your eyes or your thoughts or your, your body connected to wrong appetites, I need Christ to make me stronger. God, I know you'll always give me a way out if I choose to submit to you. Now, when you pray, folks, it doesn't mean you have to get on your hands and knees, lay straight out, and pray for 30 minutes out loud. Okay? You don't have to do that. You can have a shotgun prayer. You know what a shotgun prayer is? Anytime you need God, you just say, God, help me right now. Lead me right now. Guide me right now. God, I'm getting ready to go into this situation. God, help me right now. God, get me out of this right now. My friends, family, coworkers, they're doing something that I know that's not honoring you. I'm getting sucked in. God, get me out right now. You just pray. You just pray. You just pray. You just pray. Now, for some of you, you're one and done. Like, yeah, for me, that's what it is. It's prayer. I'm not consistent with my prayer. Honestly, my prayer is very sporadic. It's inconsistent. It's not focused on God at all. I pray maybe before meals. But other than that, you know, every once in a while, you know, if I'm really, really in trouble, I'll be like, help God. But, but I don't pray consistently whatsoever. So this is your one. And guess what? You can look at your Facebook for the rest of the time if you want, you know. Uh, you're done. You picked your one. This is it. Now, some of you might be asking, well, how do I pray? How do I actually do that? Well, if you go over to our resource table, we actually have a little pamphlet. It looks just like this. It's called a prayer journal, and you can begin the process of starting to learn how to pray. 
we, we show you how to do it, and you could write your prayer down. I do that almost every single day. I write it down because I want to be connected with God. So if, if prayer is your thing, you could go do that today. Here's the second thing. You need to feed your spirit with God's Word. <coughs> if you're going to grow strong spiritually, you've got to feed your spirit with God's Word. Now, throughout Scripture, God's Word is a synonym for the Bible. That's what this is right here, folks. This is God's Word. David, the greatest king of the Old Testament, he asked a question, he posed a question, and he asked this. How can those who are young keep their way pure? That's a good question, right? Some of you are like, I'm young. I'm 72. I'm young. You know what I mean? Whatever it is. How can those who are young keep their way pure? Now, it's very interesting. Some of you are young. And it's interesting what he didn't say. He didn't say, well, follow the culture and do whatever the culture says is cool and fun. Just do that. Or he didn't say, live according to what your friends think are most important. Just, just live according to what they're doing. No, no, no. That's not what he says. But he says, if you want to be pure, he says, how do you do it? How do you stay pure? By living according to your word. He said, God, I seek you with all of my heart. Do not let me stray from your commands. I've done what? What's he say? He said, I have hidden what? Your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. A few, year, or a few years ago, we were teaching on the book of Ephesians. That's actually a letter. It's in the New Testament. would encourage you to look at it. But there's a particular passage in there in Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 through 17. And uh, Chuck Mock, who runs our Celebrate Recovery, uh, he taught on this. You can go back on our app, find out when Chuck taught. I think it was in 2014. So you can go and look at that. It's a great message on the armor of God, on what the armor of God's all about. And uh, Paul gives us this image of a soldier who has armor on if he's going to fight off temptation. And uh, Mikey made that. Doesn't that look great? He really didn't, but, you know, you can tell him that. <coughs> and um, Mikey's our communications guy, so um, he really didn't do that. But anyway, so th- this are, th- these are the weapons. The helmet of salvation at the top, the breastplate of righteousness, the shield of faith, the belt of truth to make sure you keep your britches up, okay? And then, you know, the next one, the shoes to spread the gospel of peace. And then finally, there is the sword of the Spirit or the Word of God. Now, I've never seen this before, and I've looked at this scripture multiple times. And as I was studying this week, one of the people I was looking at shared this. I never thought about this before. Every single weapon that God gives us to defeat the evil one, temptation, every single one that's up here, they're all defensive. They're all defensive weapons except one. And that is the sword of the Spirit. 
Think about it. A helmet is for defense. A shield is for defense. A breastplate is for defense. Your shoes are for a defense. But the sword of the Spirit is the only thing that He gives to us that is actually on the offense. And if you remember, when Jesus, right after He was baptized, He is taken into the wilderness for 40 days and 40 nights where He fasts, and then all of a sudden, He's tempted by the evil one, by the devil, and the devil comes up to him and says this, why don't you turn these stones into bread? And this is what Jesus does. He pulls out his offensive weapon that he had memorized from the Old Testament, and he says this, no, it is written that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. And the devil's like, oh man, I'm in for a long time here. You know, he's like quoting scripture to me now. And so the devil comes back. He goes, I'm going to tempt him with something better. And he says this. He goes, ah, yeah, Jesus, but why don't you throw yourself off the building and let the angels catch you? I mean, like, if you're the son of God, if you're the one, the real one, then you have control over all the angels. You can do that. So why don't you do this? And Jesus, again, he just kind of takes out the sword of the Spirit. And he remembered Scripture because he was the writer of Scripture. And he says, no, it is written, man shall not put the Lord your God to the test. And finally, the devil's like, ah, i got to really tempt him now. So this is what he says. Why don't you bow down and worship me and everything that you see, all the kingdoms of the world can be yours. And Jesus, again, he pulls out the sword of the Spirit. He remembered Scripture that says, No, it is written, I will worship the Lord my God, and I will serve only Him. Each time that he's tempted, he uses the sword of the Spirit, and he gives Scripture, God's Word, to him to fight off, to fight off, Satan's temptation. You know, anytime I talk about memorizing Scripture, people will tell me this all the time. I'm not good at memorizing. I'm just not good at memorizing. I'd like to. I'd like to learn how to do that, but I'm just not good at memorizing Scripture. Seriously? Seriously. Because this is what I know about everyone in here. Some of you have memorized all kinds of songs Word for word for word, like this one. Everybody, you know the words, right? Huh? Well, if you don't, pretty soon it'll be here. Here it comes. When you said you looked a mess. I whispered underneath my breath, but you heard it, darling, you are perfect tonight. Right? Okay. All right. Now, I know some of you right now, you're like, well, that's not my song. No, no, don't. American Idol, you'll watch. All right. <clears throat> Only thing that kept me away from that was my age. I'm just telling you. All right. Now, some of you are like, nope, that's not it. I don't memorize this song. How about this one? 
Country music, number one country song this week. You know it, right? Here it is. It was meant to be, oh honey. It was meant to be. It was meant to be, so be, so be. Baby, ride with me, ride with me. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, let's not get people too distracted. Now, here's the point, folks. Here's the point. You memorize what's important to you. You do. You memorize what's important to you. If you feed yourself on the Word of God, it strengthens your body... Because it says it's living bread. It strengthens your spirit because it's actually God's words to you. Because this is the truth, folks. This is the absolute truth. That Ed, when you get tempted, his perfect is not going to get you out of the perfect temptation. Ed's not going to do that. Imagine dragons... When you're tempted, I don't care how much thunder you bring, it ain't going to get you out of the temptation. And this is what I know too. The baby, ride with me, ride with me. It is not going to get you out of that temptation. It will not do it. And this is the truth, folks. God's Word is as close as your phone. I read a study last week. Teenagers, on average spend 8 to 12 hours a day on their phone. 8 to 12 hours. And if they're on there, mom and dad's on there a lot too. And the thing is, you're on your phone all the time. Why not get a Bible app to put on the phone? You can get it anytime you want. The one that I use is called Version. You can just pull it up. It's free. It doesn't cost you anything. You could download it right now while you're thinking about something on your phone anyway. Just download it and put it on there, and this could be a part of your way to overcome temptation. So you need to feed your spirit by using God's Word. And if you're like, well, I don't even know where to start. I wouldn't know what to do. There's Bible plans on there. But if that's not your thing, you can go to the resource table right now. And we actually have a reading plan of the Bible. Just one book that you'll work with, the book of Luke, and you could do it. Five minutes a day, folks. Five minutes, and it could change your life. So we choose to feed our spirit to make it stronger, either through feeding it, through prayer, through God's Word, and then finally this one, feed your spirit with the right people. Feed your spirit with the right people. 1 Corinthians 15, verses 33 and 34. Paul's very direct. He um, doesn't pull any punches. He's not politically correct. And this is what he says. He says, do not be misled. 
Now, why do you think he says that? Because it's easy to be misled, isn't it? It's very easy to be misled. He says, do not be misled. In fact, some of you are being misled by believing that the people around you aren't impacting your life. You're like, well, I, they don't really impact my life. These people, they don't, they don't. Yes, they do. Some of you right now, the reality is, some of the people that are around your life right now, they're taking you down spiritually. You're actually becoming further away from God than closer because of the people that you're around. He says, do not be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. And then he goes on to say, come back to your senses as you ought. And what? What's it say? Stop sinning. Cut it out. Stop it. Don't be there. Stay away from it. Run. Stop hanging out with the wrong people, letting them influence you to do the wrong things. And then you get caught up in it and it is destructive. We have to understand this, folks. Being around the wrong people never helps you do the right thing. Let me say that again. Being around the wrong people never makes you do the right thing. Quite honestly, some of you, you know what you need? A friendship upgrade. You do. Some of you have outgrown some of the people and they're, they're bringing you down. Now, I'm not saying you go up to them and say, hey, you know what, I've been looking at my friend list and uh, quite honestly, you're going to be downgraded. You're done. I'm not saying you need to do that, but for some people, you need to set boundaries on them. You need to limit the amount of time. And again, folks, some of these people you've outgrown, and so you do need to cut them off. You can still pray for them. You can still encourage them. You can, but you don't have to spend every waking moment because they're bringing you down. For example, if you have an alcohol addiction... The people that you hang out with all the time are drinking alcohol and they want to go to the bar. What do you do? You get different friends. That's what you do. If you're overcome by a sugar addiction, you don't sign up for the small group to the donut store, okay? You're just like, not doing that. I'm not going there. You've got to change your friendship. Folks, in order to have a victorious life, for some of you, you know what you have to do? You have to get rid of the wrong people and put right people around you. We need people who will sharpen us, strengthen us, love us enough, sometimes even to get in our face. I don't want friends that are just going to tell me what I want to hear. I want to have friends who will tell me the truth of what is true. To speak the truth in love. One of the most important things that I've added to my spiritual life in the past eight years is that one of my best friends, Chuck Mock, he and I meet every single Wednesday for 30 minutes to do life and do it real, and I share about my temptations. And if there's a Wednesday that doesn't work, we pick up the phone and I call him. 
And there is not a single temptation that I have experienced in the last eight years that I didn't talk to him about. I call him regularly. Ask him to pray for me for something. I ask him for wisdom. I ask him to listen to me. He's been there when I'm angry about something and I'm so frustrated. He's been there when I've been crying and I'm so upset. He's been there when I'm rejoicing and celebrating whatever is going on. I've called him before on Sunday mornings before because I'm frustrated or Jen and I got in an argument and things aren't right. And I called her and I made it right with her, but I didn't confess it to someone else because this is the truth, folks. You can confess your sin to God. He will forgive you any time. But if you want healing in your life, you actually confess that thing to somebody else. And I never want to stand on this stage being a fake or not being able to be healed from what I can. And so there's many times I'll do that. Chuck is one of my best friends. He's a great listener. And this is the truth, folks. For the longest time, I thought everybody had a person like this in their life. I just thought that everybody had one person in their life that they could be totally honest with, totally transparent with. And you know what I've learned in the last eight years? Most of you, 90% of you, you don't have that person. And so you go through life and people get in trouble. And you know why people get in trouble? Because sin grows most in the dark. Sin grows the most and the best in the dark. And if you don't have someone that you can share whatever that is to them, and you know they won't judge you, they'll be straight with you, but they'll love you enough sometimes to be like, that's not the way to go, that's not the way to do that. In a loving way, it's a lifesaver to your life. (laughs) It's like a a lifesaver, it's a life preserver. I send it out and Chuck is there and he says, here. And he helps me to become a better man, a better husband, a better father, a better pastor, a better friend. For some of you, you don't have that and you're looking for some depth in a spiritual community and you don't have it, but you do have it actually. It's called our small groups. We have small groups to meet every single day of the week and celebrate recovery is one of those groups. And you could just check that today on this card. I mean, why do you want to keep being a loner, doing things on your own, not having community around, and you have the wrong friends around, and there's some right people around you right now that you could do life with? Because nobody, and I mean this, folks, nobody grows in a vacuum. Nobody, nobody grows alone. We're better together. So if you're not in a small group, check it. doesn't mean you're committing to it, but hey, I'm going to try something. So let's wrap up this whole series by me simply sharing this. Over the past three weeks, I've tried to be as transparent as I could be about my life. And I shared with you about the abuse of alcohol and things that I did in my college world that was not pleasing and honoring to God. And I was stuck in wrong thinking, stinking thinking for a long time. And every time there was a temptation, I was, I was up for it. Right, left, it didn't matter. And the truth of the matter is, folks, the problem was I did not feed my spirit. I didn't know how. 
When it came to prayer, to be quite honest, I knew to pray before meals. And my dad had a good prayer life. My mom did. I didn't, I didn't know how to do it. I didn't feed my spirit with God's word. This book, to me, had always been extremely intimidating because no one ever showed me how to read it. And it wasn't until the age of 26 that someone actually came to me and they gave me a reading plan and I read it for the first time. And all of a sudden, this book didn't seem so intimidating anymore. And it wasn't a book that was beating me down, but it actually was a love letter from God to me saying that this is why I chose you, Chris. This is why I loved you. And then when temptation comes, I can pull out the sword of the Spirit. And if you want to be real, let me tell you something that happened last week. So my daughter was swimming at the natatorium in Indianapolis. She made it to state. We were celebrating with her. I had to leave from church, drive all the way down to Indy to get there. I got there as the meet had already started. It was halfway done. And I walked in there, and I'm thinking to myself, it cost $6 to get into the event. I'm like, I could just walk in here right now, and nobody would know. Oh, don't look at me like some of you are like, oh, I cannot believe you. (laughs) You're not on spring break. Don't lie. You know what I mean? And so I was caught in this moment. I'm like, I could do that. And then all of a sudden I remembered a scripture in my mind. And I went up and I bought my $6. They put a little bracelet on my wrist. I walked in. And then I had to walk out later on to get my in-laws. And I walked out. And then I walked back in. And there was this lady at a table. And I had long sleeves on. And the lady goes, "Uh, Sir, do you have your bracelet? And I go, I sure do. Now, folks, here's the truth. What would have happened if I didn't have that? I'd have been embarrassed. But I'm the pastor of the George Music Church in Muncie, and I want you to know that, uh, you know what she would have said? Who cares? Go buy your bracelet. You see, folks, this is the truth. It really is about the small things. When we're obedient in the small things, then you can be obedient in the big things. But when you're not obedient in the small things, folks, you'll never be obedient in the big things. This is the truth delayed obedience, you know what it is? It's disobedience. That's what delayed obedience is. It's just disobedience. And so you have that moment to take. So, this is how we're going to end. As I told you at the beginning, if you remember, I told you to think about one of these three things. Okay? Prayer, the Word of God, or finding the right friends, the right people in your life. So, this is what we're going to do. We're going to get ready to pray, but this is going to be interesting. We're not going to turn off the lights right now because we're going to have some accountability up in the house. Okay. Now, some of you right now are going to be like, man, I wish I would have went on spring break. It would have been so much better. You know? No. So, right now, as much as you can thinking of those three things. You can only pick one. There were people in the first celebration, they raised their hand on both. I'm like, did you hear anything? No, just one. Don't be an overachiever. Just one thing. But right now, if your prayer life is inconsistent, your prayer life, you're just not praying right now. 
Honestly, you, you just don't do that. If that's you, would you just raise your hand right now? Be honest. The prayer life is my thing. That's what I need to do. Praise God for you. I'm praying right now. God, these people that are raising their hand, would you give them the strength to pray starting tomorrow? Put your hands down. All right, here's the next thing. God's Word. This right here, you just, I don't read it. I know I should, but I just don't. That's my thing, and I'm getting tempted all the time, but I just don't know things that are in there. It's God's Word. Just raise your hand. I'm not in God's Word. That's not, that's just not me. It's not me. Okay? Okay, put your hands down. Praise God for you. Be, be honest. Here's the last one. Right people. Do, do you have right people around you? And if you don't, say, just raise your hand. Thanks. Raise your hand. This was the lowest attendance in the first celebration. Be honest. You can put your hand down. Now, folks, this is all I'm saying. Just work on one thing. One thing this week. But tomorrow, set your clock. Set whatever you need to do that one thing. Let's pray. God, I uh, thank you so much (coughs) for the honesty of your people. These are your people, God. And I love so much being their pastor. And I pray right now for people who are struggling with prayer not being it and they lifted their hand. I pray right now, God, that you would help them tomorrow to make a commitment, to put it on their phone, to, to make an alarm that would go off that they would pray to. For others, God, maybe it really is God's Word, reading God's Word consistently. And so tomorrow, God, I pray that you would help them to do that. And for others, maybe you need to upgrade your friends. You raised your hand, and that's going to be maybe one of the hardest things to do. But God, I pray that they would know that you would give them the strength. There is no temptation that is not common to all of us. Because our God is faithful. And he will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. And when you are tempted, He will always, always, always give you a way out. And maybe there are some people that are here today that honestly, temptation has just consumed them and their life is spiraling out of control and it's in a destructive path. I know, I've been there. And sin has consumed you You've given into every temptation. And the truth of the matter is you want to get out. God, I want to get out. I want to get out. I want to get out. And there's a way for you to get out right now in this moment. And the way is that you surrender your one and only life to Jesus Christ. That you say, Jesus, I'm calling on you. So today, if you're ready to surrender to him, and say, I need His forgiveness. I need His love. I, I want to turn away from my sin and turn towards God. I want to begin a relationship with Him. If that's you today, then I invite you to 
simply repeat this prayer after me. And no one prays alone at the jar. But if this is the first time that you prayed this, know that Jesus from heaven is listening to you. And I invite you to just repeat this prayer after me. Heavenly Father, forgive me of my sins. Make me brand new. Fill me with your Holy Spirit so I could know you, serve you, and follow you. I submit my life completely to you. My life is not my own. It's all yours, God. Thank you for new life. Now you have mine. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Hey, let's give a hand to everybody who said that prayer for the first time. Welcome to the kingdom of God. If you said that prayer for the first time, then we want to come alongside you and support you. So we invite you to take out your Connect card that Chris was talking about earlier and check the box on the back that said, I accepted Christ today for the first time. And then we'd also like for you to stop back at the accepted Christ table. Scotty's back there. And she wants to just say hi to you and give you a free Bible. And again, come alongside you in this journey um, with Jesus. So please do that. Um, again, take your Connect card out if you haven't had a chance to do that. Fill out the information. You can also fill it out on the app, which you can download right now um, and submit it that way. But we just want to be able to get to know you and stay connected with you. And again, there's a spot on the back if you'd like to put down prayer requests because we'd love to pray for you this week. So if there's something that you want our prayer team to lift up, jot that down. And then we're going to put it in the offering bag here in a couple of minutes. So go ahead and do that, just as a way for us to stay connected with you. So I'm going to go ahead and ask the greeters to come forward as we receive an offering at the jar. Uh, we are really just interested in getting to know you and not as much about your money. Um, so if you're here for the first time, please don't feel any pressure to give. Um, but if you call the jar your church home, uh, we just invite you to give generously because our God is so generous to us. So pray with me now. God, we just thank you so much for this day and the opportunity you've given us to come and worship you and to learn how to draw closer to you, that we might be more consistent in prayer and in, and in your word and in surrounding ourselves with people that will continue to build us up and draw us into a closer relationship with you. God, we thank you for this offering, and we just ask that you would bless it, that you would multiply it, and that you would give us all wisdom to know how to use it best. Because it's our desire, it's our great desire, God, to impact other people for you so that they might draw closer to you. So we just ask your blessing on it. We ask that you bless the heart and hand of each giver as well. Thank you, in Jesus' name, amen. If you just started coming to the jar and haven't had a chance to do so over the last week or two, or maybe today's your first day, uh, we would love to get to know you, and we have a gift for you. So we invite you to stop by our guest connections table back there. Jim's got a big welcome sign uh, because we really do want you to feel welcome. So stop by there, get your gift, no strings attached at all, just some uh, free stuff for you and a way for us to say hello and that we're glad that you're here. Uh, if you want to stay connected with the JAR, always check the website, your app, go to the resource table. There's information on your program. Today I want to highlight the fact that we're giving to Jamaica. There is a young girl named Kion Herg. She's 16, and there she is, and she's beautiful. So we support a mission in Jamaica because in Jamaica, uh, transportation and books and uniforms and that sort of thing 
is not covered by the government at all. So, and kids have to have all of those things to be able to go to school. So we're partnering with this organization to be able to help children get schooling. And Kion's one of the girls that we're sponsoring as a church. And so we invite you, we call this Give $2 to Jamaica or Give 2 to Jamaica. Um, and so we, we invite you to give to Jamaica today. There's several ways that you can do this, so we're making it super easy for you. There's a table in the back that Eric has a like bucket, and you can put cold hard cash, quarters, whatever. You can drop that in uh, on your way out. If all of us gave $2, we would be able to help Kion and other kids to be able to go to school. If you don't want to do that and you'd rather do something um, electronically, I would invite you, though, to take your smartphone out right now and take a picture of this screen so that you have an idea of the number in case, like, if you're like me and I'm like, I didn't get that number in quickly enough. So go ahead and take a, a snapshot of that screen. And then now or later, go ahead and text the word GIVE to that number. And then you're going to have some selection options. You can t um, decide how much you're going to give, and then you also have to select Jamaica. So it'll kind of take you through all of that. But go ahead and take a picture of that screen so that you can donate later uh, as you feel led. But the other option you can do is pull up your JAR app, and you can go to the Give section and then select J Jamaica and give that way too. So we just want to be able to encourage all of us to support these kiddos in Jamaica, and we thank you so much for that support. Don't forget to invite someone for Easter. You have a little handout in your program. You can personally give this to them, but if you want to take a picture of this, you can take a picture of this and text it to them. Or you can go on to Facebook and share it as well. So um, we just want you to be uh, open and invite your friends and family to Easter and, and remember that. We do invite our prayer team now to come up, and um, they'll be up uh, on either side screen. And so if you have something that you'd like for our prayer team to pray for today, they will pray for you right here in person. And uh, we invite you to come up and, um, and, and share your heart with them and get prayer if you need that. Okay, please stand. This is my wife. I've never seen those shoes on her before. They're really cool. I keep thinking... I keep thinking like I need, you know, some help with my wardrobe and everything. So you can text me things that would make me look hipper and younger and not old. You know what I mean? Um, hey, tomorrow's the day, folks. You're going to be tempted by something. And which of those three things are you going to commit to? And if you set it now, you'll do it tomorrow. If you don't, you won't do it tomorrow. But you can do it. Have a great week. Know you're loved in this place. Invite someone next week. Let's fill the house. We'll talk to you later, everybody. Thanks.